game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Welcome into another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. Uh, Sean, brewery. I have trouble with that word after drinking a couple of beers from LaBrosse. You could say brasserie if you want. Brasserie? LaBrosse? Brasserie. That one's a lot easier. It's, and, a, micro, uh, it's a micro brasserie, by the way. And uh, just check it out, LaBrosse.com. Whatever very nice. You got the uh, mango creamery one? Creamsicle. Creamsicle. Do you, do you like mango? Do you like creamsicles? This is the beer for you. Oh, wait. You don't like mango? You don't like creamsicles? Let me tell you, I don't like either of those. This is the beer for you. I'm, I, it's unbelievable. This unbelievable. Well, you got it in your Green Bay Packers mug, and maybe we'll talk – uh, NFL football a little later on in the podcast, Sean, but I want to start with rapid fire. Once again, that's how we kick off every podcast, talking about some of the hotter issues oh. in the world of sports. We start with hockey. I want to know how the Tampa Bay Lightning get over their cap crunch. They seem like they're screwed. Yeah, they are screwed. And nothing has really happened, and they're going to have to be cap compliant whenever the season starts. I know we spoke about it in episode two, when it's going to start. We don't know. But whenever the NHL starts, they will have to be cap compliant. There's a date and there's a certain amount that you have to be over the cap. There's a reason why they haven't signed some of their RFAs just yet. But what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to package draft picks for that Tyler Johnson contract. They're going to have to package draft picks for Alex Kalorn. They're going to, sorry, it's, or they're going to have to trade Steven Stamkos. Those are the options. You're sending a first or a second. We've seen this happen before. Carolina got a, there's an got issue. a first round pick for Marlowe. What are you going to get for Tyler Johnson and Killorn just to get them off? They have to. There's no, oh, they'll pay a penalty. Mitch, they have to be under the cap. So they will pay someone to take them off their books. But, Sean, there's an issue. Tyler Johnson. No trade clause. Alex Gilmore, no trade clause. Steven Stamkos, no movement clause. Like, these guys are all locked in, and if they don't want to move, they don't have to. So Tampa Bay, you say they are going to have to package a draft pick and, and, and potentially uh, try to make the deal a little sweeter for the other team if they're going to acquire a guy like Tyler Johnson. The players, they, they hold all the cards right now. I yeah, really they, believe they, they, I really believe that the end game here is they are going to have to trade a guy like Sergachev or a guy like Cernak or a guy like Sorelli. Somebody who has a really bright future, restricted free agent, 
and they don't want to do that. But I think they might have to because I'm looking at their situation, and the players seem like they're in control here. Yeah, they are. So, so plan one is what I told you. Plan one is waivers, try and get rid of these guys via trade. Plan two is entice them with a draft pick. Plan three is maybe Stamkos if we can persuade him a certain way. Plan four is exactly what you said. It, they won't be able to sign their RFAs. But that's plan four. And they are in an interesting situation. They're Stanley Cup champions, but they will not be the same team. Not one bit. I'll tell you one thing very quickly. Tell me what you think about this scenario where the Tampa Bay Lightning trade Sergachev to the Red Wings. The Red Wings sign him to a contract. Detroit retains salary and trades him back to Tampa Bay for more than he's worth. I need a sip of beer. Do you follow what I'm saying? I did. It, maybe it'll come to that. I think that's option five. I gave you four options. I think that's option five. I, 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 I've heard that's a creative way of doing it. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out something. And you say Detroit because of the Brisbois-Eisenman con, uh, connection. All right. And, uh, and, Detroit, and Detroit has cap space, and they could use that cap space to maybe acquire draft picks or future prospects. All right, I'm going, to, um, I'm going to ask this question on a rapid fire because I don't know if I have an answer. I'm going to wait to see what your answer is. I kind of looked into this. I don't know if there is, but is there a team in the National Hockey League right now built like the Montreal Canadiens? Yes. Yes, and it's a team that's successful. When I, say, when I hear built like the Canadiens, I'm trying to think, okay, no real superstar player relying on depth, relying on coaching, relying on goaltending, doing it different ways. Which team is this that, that's had success trying to build like the Montreal Canadiens? Some underrated players, guys on the third line that can perform. Sean, I think the Canadiens can be a better version of the New York Islanders. I knew you were going to go. And you were saying the Islanders or the Columbus Blue Jackets, one of the two. Yeah, see, but I think the Blue Jackets are built completely different than Montreal. But I look at the Islanders, and I'm like, I see some similar things here. Now, the Islanders don't have a Carey Price. They've had goalies that have gone in there and played very well, you know, including the guy who's now in Calgary, who's moved around a little bit. But I think that they have an opportunity here to be a team like the Islanders. But what do the Islanders do better than anybody else and something the Canadians haven't been able to do with their current players? Everybody buys in, and everybody plays – for the team format. That's what they do better than anybody else. I think, though, if, if you want to be optimistic as a Canadian fan and think, okay, what can this team accomplish since they don't have a superstar player? I look at the Islanders. They don't really have that guy either, yet they're able to go deep in the playoffs the last couple seasons. Yeah, okay. So I get your Islanders. I, when, when I was asked the question, I was like, okay, built around the goalie, a star goalie, and that's where all their money is, and they have to go a different route. And then I was like, Okay, what about a team that's built with youth down the middle? They're relying on very young center icemen in Suzuki and Kakanyemi. I couldn't find a team with that kind of youth down the middle. And the other thing that the Canadians have is they're built and they're set up, whereas everybody's signed. There's no, I understand they have to deal with Tatar and Deneau and, and, and Armia down the line, but the Canadians' core is set. There's no major decisions to make for the Canadians where other teams kind of have 
those decisions to make. There was no teams that were as active as the Canadians in this offseason within a pandemic. So I, I really had a tough time figuring it out. And I was trying to find a team that had youth down the middle that they liked. But then I was finding teams that, yeah, they had youth down the middle, but now they're all 28, 29, 30. And they're old and a little bit over the hill. So I, I, I like your Islanders. I, I was thinking of like Logan Couture and Thomas Hurdle down the middle with San Jose. And they were kind of getting rid of their old guys and then bringing in some youth. And I still don't see the comparison. I was having a tough time finding a team like the Canadians. I really was. Well, how old, is, um, how old are the Islanders down the middle? Yeah, well, Matthew got Barzell, their top guy, he's still a pretty young player. In fact, he needs a new contract. He's an RFA. Yeah, 24 years old. And then you also have a guy like Pajot, which is very comparable, just signed a long-term deal, like to a Philip Deneau. For sure. You know, but do they have a Kakanyami? No, maybe not. But do, I just do, they have, do they have a Shea Weber? Do they have a Carey Price? Do they have you a know, Brendan really, Maybe they're Gallagher really... and Anders Lee. I don't know. Yeah, there's some really underrated guys on that uh, Islanders blue line. I'll tell you that much. But right. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, I think Devin Taves is a bigger loss than people realize for that team. Oh, I, I, I think I texted you the moment that Colorado picked him up. I was like, I've, I've, I really like that pickup by the Colorado Avalanche, by the way. Yeah. Just note that. Devin Taves to Colorado, two thumbs up. All right, so you want to talk some football? You mentioned football before. Yes. Yeah, well, your boy, your boy, Devontae Adams, he claims he's the best receiver in football. You saw that story? I did. Who's the best receiver in football? All right, I, I, I'm going to allow you please, to Please, please, please don't come from a place of bias. Okay. I want to I want to let you answer it first so that you can say Devontae Adams and I have to go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, Sean, I've watched a lot of games this year, especially since there's nothing to distract me from football. Football is the sport right now. It's the only thing going on. And, you know, part of me wants to say DeAndre Hopkins. But, man, oh, man, when I watched the Seahawks, and I know he's a different type of receiver, and he's not maybe the, the fastest guy or the biggest break, breakaway threat, and he's not maybe the best for deep balls, but sheer athleticism and power and getting his hands on the ball and being a danger in the red zone, just all the things you want from a receiver. DK Metcalf, man, oh, man, this guy's good. So I'm going to go with him. I want to say DeAndre Hopkins, but I just find watching Seattle – Metcalf seems to be in the highlights way more often at this point. Okay. I, I'm, I really don't want to argue your DK Metcalf because I'm with you on it. Uh, I'm going to go, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you not to come at it with a, from a place of bias. Okay, but listen to me. I understand he has the best quarterback and a guy that knows how to throw the ball. But you have to look at it. So let's just say Devontae Adams is the best receiver. Call him number two or number three, but let's call him the best receiver, okay? What is Marquez Valdez-Scantling? 60th best receiver? What is Alan Lazard when he's healthy? 40th best receiver? I mean, we could go down the list of Packers receivers. You want me to give you the list of the five tight ends that, they, that they've been using? There are no other options. 
Aaron Rodgers says it every week. We look for 17. We try to throw the ball to 17. He gets double teamed every single game, and he walks out of that game with 13 receptions, 160 yards, and a touchdown, maybe two. And he's still able to do that when the offense creates it and it's all about him. It's like, you need help? You need help. It, it goes to him. He's one of the top receivers, and he missed two games already this year. I understand that Aaron Rodgers facilitates that, but there is zero, zero help. DK Metcalf, your guy that you just mentioned, has Lockett. Lockett is a guy, he's just a reception machine. You know, Hopkins, I get it. Julio Jones is another guy that you can bring up when it comes to top receivers. Yeah, yeah but, but Atlanta, maybe not Atlanta, has, Atlanta has other threats. Yeah, yeah. Like no, Rick, Calvin Ridley really helps take uh, some of the brunt away from Julio Jones. And I, and I do not want to have this conversation without mentioning Michael Thomas, who has been hurt this year, okay? I, I cannot have that conversation without saying Michael Thomas is the best well, receiver. Well, he's been hurt. But he's been hurt. I'm sorry, and I don't want to be biased. You chose DK Metcalf. If you cho- but I'll say this. If you chose Devontae Adams, which I think you were justified in saying, I would have chose DK Metcalf as okay. the best. So, so, so my, my big question for you is, if you don't have a Packers mug in front of you, who are you saying? Devontae Adams. If you don't have a Packers mug, though. Let's take the Packers out of the equation completely. Okay, okay it's just a yellow mug. This is a Packers mug. This is a yellow mug, right? Yeah. It's just a yellow mug. I'm drinking my LeBras mango creamsicle beer. I get it. Boom. You're asking me the question. My answer, Devontae Adams. Fair enough. Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, by the way, uh, Mitch, uh, who are you facing in fantasy this week? I am taking on you, my friend. Who are my two receivers? Uh, Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. Hey, Sean? Yeah. I'm just going to uh, pause the uh, Zoom for a second because my uh, – I can pause I can pause the recording on the Zoom. My, uh, my laptop needs a plug or okay. else – we gonna die. I don't wanna die. Alright, we're back, Sean. I'm I was biased. I chose Devontae Adams, but I'll I'll take it. I'm I'm living in my fantasy world right now. I got DK Metcalf and Adams. They run the show. I win fantasy weeks and with hundred points. No one cares about my fantasy. My running backs had five points. My receivers do everything. Everything, Mitch. You're done this week. You're done. Done. I'm done every week. I have never seen this. Nine weeks into a fantasy football pool. Not that anybody cares. No. Nope, most points it's kind for. Of, it's so funny. It's most so points funny. for last place. Yeah. You know what? Next time we do our fantasy draft, we should do it at the tap room at LeBros because it's a beautiful tap room. It's got the space. It's got everything you need. I know when we are able to have the post-game pints podcast launch party we're gonna have it at labras brewery and we're gonna invite all of you that are listening via soundcloud youtube to come check it out but you should just check it out on your own check it out labras.com has all the beers that you want but i mean they're open and you can go pick it up and they're ready for you whenever you want and i will tell you this mango creamsicle beer i don't like mango I like popsicles, but I don't like fruits in my beer. This thing is insane. I can have like seven of them. It's awesome. Sean, they are uh, 7.4%. Don't have that many. (laughs) 
I'm just letting you know. Still rocking it. <laughs> still, still rocking it. Still rocking it. Nice. All right. Uh, are Are you uh, ready? Because uh, Mitch, we haven't done it on the Post Game Pines podcast yet, but people have been asking for it. It's already episode three. It's time for some editor headlines. All right. Uh, you always go first because I always wrap it up because I already know my number five is a winner. So you, you like I don't even care about my first four. I just care about my last one. All right, fine. Uh, Sean, I'll start off with uh, Kevin Cash, the oh. manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. He has been named the American League Manager of the Year. So my headline reads: Congratulations, Tampa Bay, low on money but high on cash. Oh, I've got to react to that. <laughs> uh, you just love jumping in on anybody that has a good name that you can play with, right? 100%. Like Kevin Cash, you were like, oh, headline, I don't even care what the story is. Low on money, high on cash. I already have the headline. You probably have a book of headlines with Kevin Cash ready to go. Uh, You're lucky not all five are Kevin Cash headlines this yeah, week. I, I, I thought that you might go that route. Uh, I... We should bring back the Kevin Nash headlines. Kevin Nash. Go old school. New world order, baby. All right. Uh, how's, how's this for a name that you don't usually see a headline for? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are perfect so far. Uh, maybe, maybe they blew it against Cincinnati. Who knows? But they are perfect so far in the season. But they had a little bit of a hiccup with a COVID-19 scare with Vance McDonald. And Ben Roethlisberger had to go on the COVID-19 reserve list. Right, Mitch? That's so right. My, so my headline reads, Ben Coughlisberger. Hey, you use cash. I use Roethlisberger as a name. I got to get some points there. Coughlisberger. Okay, I tried. <laughs> Maybe we'll pick up. I told you my number five is the only one I care about. All right, John. Uh, the Boston Red Sox uh, named Alex Cora as uh, their manager. Of course, he used to be their manager, and then he cheated, and then they brought him back. So Shay Cora. No. I Did I ruin it for you? No. I, I was thinking of that one. <laughs> but uh, my headline reads, Shaken to his Cora. Alex is back. That's not bad. That's not bad. I, 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 don't, I don't mind that one at all. Thank you. Thank you. Not bad. All right. I'm going to flash back to the big Sunday night football game uh, over a week ago which, between the Saints and the Bucks. Everybody was watching it. Everybody wanted to find out who was going to be the best in the NFC South. It was Breeze and Brady, the two top guys with uh, touchdown passes in the NFL. But it just turned out to be a dud. So the – Saints breeze by the Bucks. An easy one. Hey, good play on words. Just, just give me a thumbs up, okay? I give you a thumbs up. That it works. It works. Okay. All right, my uh, my third uh, headline, Sean. I'm going to go to hockey as uh, the Dallas Stars get Rope Hints uh, signed oh, to a new contract. Oh, I didn't even go there. Rope Hints. Well done. Yeah. So uh, my headline reads: Dallas. Gets rope tied up in a knot. I like it. Whatever it was, it was fine. It was great. <laughs> use rope into hints. You could use hints 
I don't care. Rope, rope hands headline. I'm in. Sold. Thumbs up on that one. All right. I'm going to go to uh, Tua becoming the uh, starting quarterback of the uh, Miami Dolphins over the last few weeks. Big news. How do you, how do you find a headline for Tiger Viola? I use Tua. And oh, I, of course you did. Uh, by the way, the pun on the words has nothing to do with him. has to do with the quarterback that used to be the starter. So for the Dolphins, Tua is the right fit. Well done. I'll give you that one. I like that one, too. Sorry, I did like that one. All right, Sean, uh, my uh, fourth headline, the Dallas Cowboys lost another player. And on the defensive side of the ball, where they're already weak, uh, Diggs is going to be out for quite some time. I think you know where I'm going, right? My headline reads, Cowboys hole, Diggs deeper. Could have used that for the Bills and Stefan if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, but he's been playing like, well. Put it in your book, okay? Put it in your book if you want. <laughs> Diggs. You just look for last names. And you'll, you'll come up with any headline for it. That's all you do. Speaking of using last names for a headline, uh, my fourth one, I go locally in Montreal. Mitch and I out of Montreal. The Montreal Impact. And they made the playoffs, right? But they also took one of their top players and re-signed him for another year. Lewis Banks, one of their top defenders, one of the most young player coming out of Europe, coming to the MLS, wants to get his feet wet and then go back to Europe. But there was the, wasn't sure if the impact were going to bring him back. So my headline reads, Lewis Banks, a new deal. You know who would have liked that one? Even though he hates me right now, Jimmy G. Jimmy G would have loved that one. All right, Sean, and I have uh, one final headline. And actually, uh, it's on a story that you already spoke about. The New Orleans Saints trample the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in prime time. And I don't know if you saw this, but Tom Brady didn't look very happy on the sidelines. In fact, he looked very sad. So my headline reads, a big cry, Brady. I'll take it. You just, you just want to take advantage of any moment that you can make fun of Tom Brady. That's exactly Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It. All right. Uh, so uh, Masters weekend, defending champion, Tiger Woods. It's his course. Everything's different. It's been a year and a half. But there's just one major question. One major question when it comes to Tiger Woods. Uh, Mitch, are you a Seinfeld fan? You know I am. So my headline reads, Will Tiger master his domain? <laughs> Sounds like, yeah, yeah, times like these we need an audio clip. For the win. Oh, I like that. Sorry, I kept that one. I was very proud of that one. I was very proud of that. All right, so Mitch, it's uh, time to name that podcast. What do we got? What do you What do you got for me this week? We don't have a pop quiz. Oh, damn! You're right. Pop quiz? Not really pop quiz. Since I knew it was coming. <laughs> all right, I got a question for you. We'll name that podcast maybe after the pop quiz. Uh, all right, Mitch, I got a question for you. I was gonna ask. I I how's this? I was going to ask top five, but then I found it too hard. I was going to ask top three, but I found it too hard. 
I'm only going to ask top two. Top two. Playoff performances from an active player on a Canadian team, points-wise. So this player had to perform on a Canadian team, and he's still active in the NHL. The top five was way too hard. I thought the what top five was... What do you mean, one game? No, in a playoff season. Best playoff performance in a season on a Canadian team from an active player. I'm only asking for the top two. Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. Uh, Pedersen was number four on the list from this past season. JT Miller, uh, JT Miller was number five. They were tied. They both had 18 points. So Pedersen and JT Miller from this past season with Vancouver was number four and five. So you, one, you have to go back in time. One, you don't have to go that far to. Spezza? Uh, Spezza from what year? But it's 2006? Yeah. Six, seven. Spezza had 22 points. It's the best performance from a player on a Canadian team that is still active. Jason Spezza. You got number one. You got number one. Just like that. In 2006, seven, Jason Spezza. Boom. Just like that. And and I was going to say my clue for you is going to be a player that's always on the pop quiz. And then you would have got it. Uh, number two, uh, just a couple of years ago, but uh, I wonder if you can pick it up. Just a couple of years ago? Yeah. Just a couple of years ago. He had 21, he had 21 points. What year? Uh, 2018. Oh, man, 2018. Um, Mark He had 20 points. Shifley did? Shifley had 20 points. So who had 21? Wheeler? Blake Wheeler. <laughs> Good, job. Good job. Good job on that one. I'm hey, happy with myself. Hey, I got one. Sorry, I got two. One kind of. Yeah. You didn't get JT Miller. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got one. Three kind you, of. You got, two, you, got, you, got, you got the top four. You got the top four. And I think I would have got JT Miller. I think I would have got five. <laughs> I just needed more time. Yeah, good job. Hey, does that mean we can name the podcast now? Oops. <laughs> you see that? That was our LeBron's card. Nice. All right, we're up against the clock. Let's go. Name the podcast. What are we naming the podcast? Uh, I was, I was going to say uh, Master of Our Domains. Sold. Boom. Just like that. I was going to go big cry, Brady, but uh, I, I like yours better. Me too. Uh, thanks, LeBros. Check it out, LeBros.com, uh, head sponsor of the Post Game Pines podcast. Cheers. Cheers.